out of the people that were given talents by the master um, in that parable, everybody at least got one and that everybody has like a field to, to work. The purpose of this podcast is simply just to break down that barrier and that um, kind of that mentality that's started to develop in the church that you're either on the stage kind of like preaching or being a worship leader or you're in the pew and you're not really doing anything and that like you can't really do anything for the kingdom of God. And so I wanted to make a podcast just kind of inspiring people with like kind of more alternative approaches to serving in the kingdom of God. And um, and so this is the first podcast and today we have Mike Thompson of Young Templar today and um, he's been a really good mentor to me. And so um, first I just want to start with Mike, if you could just introduce briefly um, Young Templar and kind of what you guys do. Briefly. Yeah, briefly. <laughs> we are a youth ministry. We're out, outside of the church institution, so to speak. So we are a standalone ministry that unites teenagers. Uh, middle and high school is our focus. However, we do have young adults. Um, that are really leading the, the charge, so to speak. Um, it, it, it's really geared to unite youth groups and youth pastors together, um, but also to um, reach out to the students, the teenagers that are unchurched, that really don't know anything about Jesus other than he's Jesus. And and teach them and and lead them into a real relationship. How did you kind of come to create Young Templar and what kind of was your, your journey in, in, I guess, like your, in ministry to get to that point of? Um, well, I would say God, first of all. Yeah. Um, but the, like the, the path to get there was, um, you know, first I had to, was raised in the church, um, was atheist most of my life, and heard God, God's voice. And it did shook my world. Uh, I knew with every fiber that it was God speaking to me, and, and I started seeking truth with an open mind and an open heart. And in that... Um, he sent me to a church, and in that, and it's a funny story, I, when I pulled into that church for the first time, a guy who I had known for 15 years was at the doorway. Um, a guy who I'd known and loved and trust, and, and I had no idea he was, you know, a, a Jesus lover, mm-hmm. and he was at the doorway of the church. And... Um, and then I and I I ran into the Holy Spirit, literally that day, and experienced God's Spirit like I had never experienced ever. Um, so I started serving. I started. He he talked me into serving at the church, and and then I started serving every Sunday, and then both services, and <clears throat> excuse me, and couldn't get enough. And in the process. My relationship with Jesus um, 
really started to flourish and I started hearing him speak and and feeling him move inside of me and, and guide me and he I mean it's a long story but I was asked to go on a on a uh, mission trip with a youth group at a United Methodist Church and mm-hmm. and help lead the the group and I did and at that on that mission trip a lot of different things happened that led me to feel like like God wanted me to to serve in the kingdom um, by leading teenagers to Christ. Mm. Um, I was kind of that rebel who was still trying to figure it all out myself, you know. And living in just the love of Christ and grace. And anytime I ran into someone who was living in the the law, um, I I guess I was kind of like a rebellious teenager. So we clicked, me and the teenagers, the middle and high schoolers. And um, after that mission trip, I mean, we really, really just clicked. It, it was it was so much that we knew it was God. I knew it was God. And as the time progressed, I was asked to come permanently um, and be part of that leadership team on that youth group at that church and in that process um, and in conversation and prayer and meditation um, I got the answer that I was looking for and that is what is my role here Lord mm-hmm. you know I I have at this point I've already completely surrendered see I think that I think that so many Christians, um, church-going Christians have never really been baptized in the Spirit yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes with complete surrender. That, that, I don't think that happens until there's complete surrender. to where you, And then you can fully experience. Um, and as time progressed, you know, God really started speaking to me and, and having dreams and um, vision. I mean, it's not like a dream that we typically have a dream and wake up and can forget. You know, it's more like a, and I, I say it was more like um, he put a zip drive in my brain, and it's then it took a couple years to unpack the whole, all of the files in the zip drive, um, and then in learning what he wanted to teach me, part of that was also Young Templar. Um, and that's so. That's how it kind of unfolded. And I mean, there's there's a couple different questions, I guess, racing through my mind. It's just kind of like, um, I guess, when when you were serving at the church, um, what kind of transition did you did you start out doing? Um, did you start doing like kids? Uh, like where where did you start serving when you started no, serving I, at church? I, um, you know, I look back now. I, I've obviously thought a lot, put a lot of thought into um, how I got here. I've always been a person. All of my life, I've I've my biggest passion has been 
people. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest hunger was trying to understand the human brain and how we got to where we're at, why we do the things we do. Um, I've always loved people. I've always hurt um, inside for people across the planet who's suffering all of my life. Um, I'm the kind of guy that cries at the Save the Whale commercial, (laughs) as you know. Um, So, no, my my friend Tim um, at the church... You know, I started going every Sunday, and I guess I just probably a month or two in, he said, you're going to serve on, because he was, at the time, he was like the captain, so to speak, of the usher team. Okay. And at the time, there was only one service, Mm -hmm. and Steve, the founder of the church, was still delivering the messages, and, and, uh. Um, I said, okay, sign me up. I want to help however I can. I want to serve my God. And so I started ushering. And I hugged everyone that walked in the door and loved on them. And, and before you know it, they were bringing all of their burdens, you know, um, chatting and talking and laying their burdens on me. And, um, so no, it wasn't kids for the first year and a half of my walk, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was it was anyone who walked through the door. Yeah, that's awesome. And then how did you get connected <clears throat> in with the uh, um, with the uh, the mission trip? I guess at the United Methodist Church. Um, well, it was God, of course, but my daughter. My youngest daughter was in the youth group at that church. Okay. And she had been going to that church youth program for, you know, three or three years or so already by then. Mm-hmm. We have an exact replica of the Shroud of Turin. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that, that was one of the tools, so to speak, that God used to convince my science brain, you know, how how real he is right mm-hmm. Abby said I want to show my youth group I want to show my youth group dad and, and I said I'm, I'm fine with that and, and I said I'll try to get in touch with Kristen was the name of the the uh, youth pastor at the time I get a call from Kristen and she said uh, Mr. Thompson Abby said told me that you have a replica of the shroud and she really wants I'm not sure exactly what it is but she wants to show it to the youth group and I was wondering if you can bring it so we scheduled a day and I took it in and and at the time the youth group was <clears throat> excuse me probably 15 kids mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and they we just so we laid it out on the floor and sat around it and I just spoke to them about the shroud and about our savior and and um some kids were crying some i mean but they were just in awe in that experience and then i get then i got a call oh would you come on to the mission trip 
because the kids, students fell in love with me already. We and they knew they needed a leader. And now, of course, Chris, Kristen, um, she prayed about it, and and God told her to call me. Um, and then that, so then after that mission trip, I, it was about a month later. I got a call asking me to come and and be part of the youth group and it was totally god you know it was it, it was god because that was the exact group of kids that in the group <clears throat> over over a few years time i mean the group grew to 70 kids 75 kids and you know they're still part of my life today college college students now and mm-hmm. and that was the it was the perfect it was the exact kids that needed the specific rebels and specific non-rebels and and as much as i taught them they taught me you know um but that's you know that's how it, it ended up just from loving on people mm-hmm. with the arms and the heart of christ to being asked to to come in every Wednesday night and lead the kids, because yeah. um, I certainly wouldn't have chose to, <laughs> to spend the rest of my life with teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't so, choose anything else. Yeah. So would you say that like it? It didn't come out of necessarily out of a, a passion immediately um, to serve high schoolers but more out of um obedience to where god was calling you to. oh for sure yeah um you know i i was a lot less scripture and a lot more you know just walking in the simple understanding of how huge God is, how real, and how much He loves me. We've been, I've been at this this youth ministry for you know a decade and a half, and um, there's been some really rough roads, uh, especially in the beginning, and a lot of heartbreak. And I'm I know I would not have. In fact, there's been many times I've been ready to quit. But uh, so no, it's the the passion simply came because of the kids. You know, I I, I started learning the truth, um, what I had forgotten, what it's like to be thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. You know, as much as I think I remember what it was like, mm-hmm. I didn't. I I didn't have a clue of really what you know what they're dealing with and i like for instance you know as as a 24 year old you realize that a a you know what a 13 or a 14 year old boy thinks is a a life altering problem really isn't right <laughs> but to that 13 14 year old boy it really is mm-hmm. um and you know, so God used those kids to um, 
and my love for humanity and my my hope for a better world for kids to grow up in um he used that he knew that that's what would really get me to uh, surrender and in that surrender be fully found and fully known in Christ so that I want to imitate him I want I want to be the best me for him um, first and then for my children and you and the kids you know <clears throat> um, so I think that uh, you know to answer your question in short <laughs> um, it was simply the you know it it I was fully I fully found Christ in the hearts of those kids and it consumed me and I and, and then I you know and then I started getting confirmation from God that it it this is exactly where he wants you know wants me. Hmm. So what would your advice or encouragement be to someone who is kind of still trying to figure out their calling? Um my first thing is this. Stop figuring it out. Try, stop trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um I see I spend a lot of time with young adults who love and live for Christ. And in that, they're caught up trying to figure out what their calling is. And, you know, here's, here's what I know, you know, you have Logos, right? The complete Word of God. And you have Rama, and 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 Rama is beautiful if it's Holy Spirit driven, right? Because one little one sentence can can change the world, right? Love one another as, as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. That could change the whole world. But oftentimes we use Rama from our minds instead of the heart, instead of being Holy Spirit um, driven. And so we take a piece of scripture and we're like, you know, I'm supposed to know my, my calling. But, but what Logos says is that what God really, what your first calling is this, um, to know how much God loves you. That's, that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Then to love him back, to know him. The, the, what, your, your calling your, your number one priority is your personal faith. That's your calling. I would tell anybody that your, your, your first responsibility is to know Jesus well enough to where you experience Him in your life, to where you have a relationship with Him, not a religious type of you do, I do, um, you know, relationship. Um, and then I would say, you're, then, then I would also say this, do what you're passionate about 
and let God bless it. Mm-hmm. You know, God's not wanting you if 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 you're not confident that God has spoke into you what you want what he wants from you then do what you're passionate about and let him just pour the blessing over it and in that you will be slowly prodded into an area where God wants you Mm -hmm. Um, or he may just keep blessing what you're passionate about because what we're called to do is is imitate Christ. We're called to uh, to shine His light through us, right? Not try to be the light. We are the light, right? And that's what Jesus said. He didn't say, "Zach, go be the light tomorrow at work." He said, "Zach, you are the light." But He's the light of the world, so. If we have, are at a place in our relationship with him to where we are just shining his light, other people want to know. And then we can share the gospel. We can share Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Jesus asked us to do, right? Yeah. Past that, um, you just keep walking in that and God will open the right doors. He will put you on the right path. Um, I, so my, my advice would be, my final piece of advice would be, stop trying to figure it out. <laughs> because you're going to fail. Yeah. Now, it kind of sounds like a lot of like, um, I think it's John 14, which is like talking about how Jesus is the vine and where the branches and that like when we're connected with him that we produce fruit and that it's not like a us trying to produce fruit you know but like out of our connection with him that's producing the fruit think about this um rose bushes Mm -hmm. you know you can take you can look at rose bush. Most of the rose bushes that you'll see, even in full bloom, you're like, "Oh, those are so pretty." But if they've just been chopped at the bottom, or they've had an electric trimmer, right? They'll still be pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they are, you ask any professional, you know, and they'll tell you there's a there's a science to actually pruning the rose bush. So you got to find the, the specific number of knots and you got to prune it on the specific side of that specific knot. And, or, and then that rose bush that gets that kind of pruning is unbelievably beautiful. And its shape, its flowers, everything is different when you see a, a, a rose bush that's pruned by a master pruner. Mm. And in that scripture, it talks about how he prunes us, right? How our Father prunes us. So it's not just it's not just us being attached to Jesus um, brings out the the best brings out the fruit in us. It's also that he's pruning us, and the Master is pruning us in the in the right direction, the right thoughts, the right passions, the right. Um, and will and will lead us not just bear the, the the beautiful fruit, but lead us in the right direction 
that we need to go that he wants us to go, which could end up in the will in, in, in his desire and what you think your will is, right? So, yeah, you're right. I agree. That's, a, that's, that's perfect scripture to put to it. Awesome. Um, I guess I have, I have one more question. Not sure if this will make it in. But my question is, what if you think that God is, there's something that God desires you to do, um, but you're, you don't feel like you're, um, that it's your, your skill or talent? That should make it in because that's such a beautiful question because it's human doubt, right? It's, that's just us doubting God. Um, because if you feel like you're being, um, you know, the shepherd's taking, <laughs> taking his staff and poking you in a way that you don't feel it's your talent or your gift or... You, obviously, you don't have a passion for it because you don't think you're talented at it. Um, but so you normally wouldn't feel probed or you pushed in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you got to You got to You got to go. It's it's the fear, um, and you know, that would totally be the enemy t- talking to you. Um, it's every choice is an act of war. Um, in between the dark and the light, between Satan and Christ in you, um, and we, if if we haven't in our own mind believed that we're good at something, we're going to run from it, and and the enemy will use that. So, what better time to? prayerfully run straight into something that you feel God is asking you to run into. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe all of a sudden scales will start to fall from your eyes and you'll see God in a way that you never saw him before. Sometimes it's, it's not just in the moments where we are, you know, so broken that we're calling out to God that we experience him. It's, that's not the only, you know, sometimes when, in, until you get to be a Jesus freak where you see him and experience him everywhere, right? Um, sometimes it's, in, it's when you're just walking straight into that fear where you get to experience the glory, the, the majesty, the might of God. Mm-hmm. And those are the moments that I tell teenagers um, to pursue. You know, because I want them to experience God, not just read about Him, not just listen to us deliver a message, <laughs> right? To to seek Him, mm-hmm. and and to seek Him with passion, and that means if you don't think you're good at something, but you feel God's pushing you towards it, run straight in. You know, because He's got you no matter what. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. He is pretty awesome. He is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's about it for this podcast. 
Thanks so much, Mike, for joining me. You're welcome. talking about this. And You're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. And where can people connect with Young Templar? Uh, YoungTemplar.org. Um, YouTube at just Young Templar. Um, Facebook, Young Templar. <laughs> Instagram, Young Templar. And um, if you are a parent with teenagers, uh, download our app. It's on all of the app stores. I guess there's only two, so two app stores. Yep, both of them. <laughs> both app stores. Um, as Young Templar, it's T-E-M-P-L-A-R. Um, you could call Zach. His phone number, I'm kidding. Nope, don't. No, don't. <laughs> um, actually, my phone number's on the website, so feel free to call me. Um, yeah, we would love to, uh, we'd love to interact with everybody. Awesome. Thanks so much. You're welcome.